I never ask you how you are. I am fantastic. Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. I am uh, very, very happy, actually, because uh, our dear friend, Carrie Clifford, wrote a fantastic piece for her blog, Cancered Plans, all about Windsor Live, and it swelled my ego by about a thousand percent. And then not only that, it was then picked up and mentioned on the daily, sorry, uh, uh, daybreak. UV mailing list. So I'm feeling like about a million and a half bucks. <laughs> Heck, maybe even $400 million. There you go. Which we'll get to later on in the show. But special thanks to uh, both Carrie and Daybreak for uh, that wonderful love. And everybody, if you're digging the show, guess what? It's on every podcast network. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever. And get the show in its freshest form every time we release a new episode. Or you can head over to www.windsorlive.net if you want that. But now that we've gotten salutations and the calls to action out of the way, there's been a lot of news in our little part of the world recently. So why don't we jump in? We start where we always start with the Windsor Town website where you can get all the information about goings-on in the town of Windsor. Uh, it looks wonderful. And we've added some new photos and stuff like that. It scrolls so nicely. Look at that. Um, and you can obviously see all new COVID-19 announcements. Uh, and from that page, you can just click on the link right here to the Neighbors Helping Neighbors. Um, initiative. I always call it an initiative, and I, I will keep on calling it an initiative it for is. the foreseeable future. It's a team. It's a it's a program. It's a you know. Yeah. It's, it's a whole bunch. And here's the thing: I have no new requests to report because they have all been filled, as they are always being filled. The team that has been assembled is just incredible, and. Maybe a little bit of a failing on our part. Uh, we have not been recognizing the individuals that have really been doing a stand-up job nearly enough on this particular uh, for uh, um, media enterprise. So we're going to go ahead and do that right now. Here are the six good neighbors who have been recognized by the Neighbors Helping Neighbors group. Uh, they are... Michael Welker, who has been helping with school meal delivery and the Veggie Van Gogh service. Uh, Beth Isham, who has been doing meal delivery. Lori Anderson, who has been helping with Meals on Wheels. Mary McNaughton, who has pretty much been involved in every aspect of this force from the beginning, but she's done stuff with the blood drive, the food shelf, Veggie Van Gogh, and she also has helped on the COVID-19 food task force. Um, Beth Gould has been helping with food delivery and preparation, and 
Diane Folds was the first person who was um, given the spotlight uh, through through this force, and uh, she has uh, initiated and started the Street Captains Group uh, to make sure that all of the neighbors on your street are getting the help that they need and then also putting a spotlight on people who need help. Uh, and she's, you can kind of see she's sitting by this nice little bench right here. Oh. Um, she is currently trying to have Windsor be part of uh, something called a Monarch Corridor, which is a collection of towns stretching throughout the migratory pathway of the monarch butterfly that have decided to plant milkweed so that the monarchs have something to feed on as they go through. And I think that's an amazing idea. It helps out the monarchs. It brings monarchs into Windsor, which who doesn't like looking at monarch butterflies? Like, come on, what are we even, why are we even having this conversation? Absolutely. And milkweed's real easy to grow. You just kind of put it in and it grows. So we might be talking about that uh, little project a little more in the future when when there's more information to share. But just know that if that's something you want to see happen, let us know that that's important to you. And lots of voices carry lots of weight. So Absolutely. We'll give you our emails at the end and just send us an email saying, I love butterflies. Actually. Do that anyway. Yeah, you just let us know. If you we, love butterflies, need... say it loud. Say it proud. Right. But most of all, thank these folks loudest Absolutely. of all because they are really the best among us and taking care of the community and, and showing us the way. So thank you all. Yeah. If you see them around town, as you will likely do. Don't slap be five. Sure, yeah. Be sure to say thank you from a safe distance while wearing a mask. If you want, if you don't know how to get in hold of, a hold of them online or in person, you can always send us a message and we will read it on this very show to them. That is very true. Next up, oops, uh, we've been getting a lot of reports of some dead fish and like an oily substance, and you can kind of see it in these pictures here. Yeah, it's at Paradise Park. Strange to see, for sure. Yeah, and it was brought uh it was brought to the town's attention um because people in the community brought it to fellow select board member Amanda Smith's um attention and she talked about it at our last select board meeting and and there's been an uh an effort to look into it. Um so the Paradise Park Commission has been in contact with uh vermont department of fishing game and they've had some biologists come down and uh talk or or kind of investigate Uh, Mm -hmm. and you can see there's a full report here i'm not going to read the entire thing it does seem to be a natural occurrence but there is not a definite answer nor is there a definite fix at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is still a little bit concerning, but as far as what I've seen, it's something that's, that's going to be monitored and, and uh, looked into further. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Just, it keeps happening, you know, keep taking pictures and, and uh, keep sending them either to us or to the park commission. Um, I'm assuming that lots of data is not a bad thing. 
Um, but also note that we are, well, the Paradise Park Commission and the town is looking into, and the state also at this point has mm-hmm. gotten gotten involved. So we, the big uh, the big takeaways there though is that despite the appearance of this phenomenon, it doesn't appear to be oil based or have anything to do with uh, man made petroleum products or anything mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. So that's good news, and just keep your eyes on it because we want to definitely keep track of that situation. Sure, absolutely. And again, never, never feel afraid to bring anything like this to our attention. Next, I want to talk about a scavenger hunt that the exchanges. Actually, I think Chris is going to talk about this one because he was a little bit more involved with uh, with the planning of this particular. Yeah, absolutely, thing. absolutely. We have uh, two two uh, questions in the chat that I want to respond to real quick before we. Dive into that though from our friend David here. So, question number one is the town clerk open for dog registrations? Good question. I believe that if you call ahead and or, and uh, make arrangements, they're willing to do uh, functions on a you know per person basis. I don't know specifically or haven't heard uh, anything specifically about dog registrations, but my understanding was that that was extending to most of the town hall functions so is that am i correct on that james yeah so there are two appointments uh per normal business day that are available um and as of our last select board meeting um they haven't been having a need for more than more than two appointments they've been able to do uh the business that is required uh but i think for many of these uh these requirements, they're able to be done over the phone as well. Uh, so you can always call the town hall and um, talk to the town clerk and get some guidance on that. And we can we can put up the emails at the end of this so that you mm-hmm. know how to get in touch with the town clerk via email or you can call them directly. But yes, the town hall is still functioning for uh, town clerk and treasurer um things just call ahead uh second question is there a busking policy in windsor aka you know playing music in public places possibly for uh spare change or whatever gets thrown into your uh instrument case um i'm not aware of any and i've certainly done it several times before i'm aware of a noise ordinance and you know uh there's maybe some interpretations there that that could could uh, go the wrong way under very unfortunate circumstances, but uh, generally speaking, I think people are pretty okay with wonderful music in their space. So, mm-hmm. um, sure, I think that you're probably safe. So. I think so. We'll talk about it a little bit later in the show, but there are some ideas to kind of open up more areas to pedestrian um, only traffic. And this could be an opportunity to also identify some areas that that would be not, not, I don't want to say appropriate, but it would kind of have the best impact because Mm -hmm. you would be around um, people and you wouldn't have a lot of, car noise kind of drowning out right. the performance. Right. Um, as well but, as being able yeah. to, to be in an environment where uh, uh, accommodations for space and distance 
uh, would be very mm-hmm. much uh, you yeah. know, at, the, at the forefront. So in normal times, I think you'd basically be, you know, uh, you'd, you'd, you'd be you'd be hard pressed to find a situation that would be negative if you wanted to busk musically. And for the next, uh, you know, for the foreseeable strange days that we're in, it'd be great to coordinate that so that we can have maximum impact. So um, anyone, including uh, David, who threw in that question, uh, or anybody else who's interested in doing some uh, musical endeavors in the town of Windsor, reach mm-hmm. out to us, and we'll absolutely uh, we'll put something together. Yeah, I uh, I think you're right, though. I don't think we have an official ordinance, but if it becomes something that people are really interested in, I would love to find a way to make sure it is able to happen um, without interruption. So. Yeah, it's a precious thing. So I think I think that it's it's uh it's worth worth keeping in mind and and making sure that we're, you know, uh if it's something that we can cultivate that we help that along. Yeah. So, so I think I think that covers it. Thanks for the questions. And let's move on to this really cool initiative that the Windsor Exchange has put together. So perhaps you know, this was going to be a pretty awesome, big, huge year, Phoenix moment for the exchange, where uh, a lot of people worked really hard to pull together some cool programming and, and, and you know, new art and, and a whole bunch of uh, under-the-hood stuff to, to make the exchange even better this year. And, well, as we all know, that's not quite what's going to happen. And more, more of a dark Phoenix moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's true. But the brilliant minds behind the project got together and uh, I think predominantly Brendan, but perhaps others uh, got together and, and came up with a really cool idea to get you to get to, to, to give people something really fun to do that gets you outside, but that you can do in a socially distant manner and uh, that, you know, have some fun while you're doing it. And so the exchange is presenting the Windsor scavenger hunt. And the idea is that once a week, the exchange official Facebook account will post a picture of some place in Windsor. And it is up to you to find that location and take a selfie. Uh, You then post that selfie in the comment section of the post. And at the end of the, I think it's a two-month stretch, the uh, everybody who has a selfie at every single location will be entered to win an awesome Windsor gift basket. Yeah. I think... uh... I think it's a good opportunity to get out, see the town, maybe see some areas that you don't normally go to. Um, That's so the whole idea. It's it a great you, idea. Gets you around and, and, you know, maybe looking at parts of town that you might not have seen before. And, yeah. Uh, I can I can attest. I don't know all of the parts of the Windsor gift basket, but I can tell you it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, it's great. I saw some ideas that were being floated, and it's really exciting. Very More, much so. So let's move on to some more good news here. The American Precision Museum is going to be opening up on the 23rd, uh, potentially opening up. I haven't heard any changes to this idea yet, and there are a lot of restrictions that they're putting in place Mm -hmm. in the location. Um, But it's, it's it's a good sign that things are becoming a little bit more available. Um, Again, they are 
at this point recommending that you wear a mask if you are going um Actually, actually, they're requiring that you wear a mask, and if you do not have one, masks are going to be made available. Um, you have to That's maintain cool. socially social distancing, and um, they're going to be having their hands-on exhibits closed. Sure, um, but still, something something fun to do in the uh, town of Windsor that is going to be made available to us all again as well. The Precision um, Museum is a door to a really very rich interesting bit of history absolutely that that that, you know it it's a focal point in windsor history it's also a a focal point in american history at large and right uh it's it's a it's a quite the journey i haven't been in way too long so i'm you know i'm gonna take advantage of this i know that it's a very difficult subject to talk about like what are the things that we are going to do now that we can kind of do some things and and I'm I'm struggling with that personally in the uh, sense that like it can there's there's a lot of emotion and a lot of feelings and a lot of of pausing and reflecting on whether this is worth a risk or that is you know the right thing to do uh, and even if it is a totally fine thing to do I feel like I'm carrying around a certain amount of you know guilt if I don't really weigh that situation heavily enough. So right. I just wanted to say that for all of the folks that are, are wrestling with that feeling as well. I, I, I think it's very normal and, and natural right now. doesn't make it any easier, but you're definitely not crazy. So right. exactly. as we talk exactly. about these, the, these, these, you know, unraveling permutations, these machinations of, of the slow open, you know, uh, understand that if you feel conflicted about it, that is okay. And if uh, you f- choose that it's not really the right time for you yet, that's also okay. But we're also doing really, really well thus far, knocking on every piece of wood that I can possibly find in the state of Vermont <laughs> to uh, flatten the curve, you know, sure. to the point where for a couple days now, um, we haven't had any new cases, so right. Let's uh, let's keep on that track, but you know, recognize that this is a tough path we're walking. Uh, yeah, you know, and and don't feel don't feel uh, left behind if you're not ready yet. It's okay. Right. Um. More more things that are coming more available. Uh, the Windsor Wreck has a video here that you can watch. Uh, we won't play the full thing, but uh, it is available via Windsor On Air's Vimeo page. Um, you can just go to their website and find it. And it'll give you some more information on what summer camps are going to look like and timing. Uh, you know, they are also going to have lots of different restrictions in place to keep everyone safe. And healthy, uh, including the employees. But uh, James is really excited to get out and get going. Um, so I'm sure they're going to have lots of activities to keep the uh, young people in Windsor um, active this summer. So it's uh, it's great to see that they're uh, becoming a lot more available. And uh, speaking of the wreck. 
This has happened a while ago, and we didn't talk about it, but Olivia Rockwood was named uh, the Women's Basketball Gatorade Player of the Year for the state of Vermont. And with that uh, came a grant that she was able to award to a, a facility, and she decided to give it to the Windsor Rec. So... Thank you so much for that. Um, She has committed to, I believe, the University of Maine. Um, An incredible athlete, incredible young woman, um, and giving giving back to the community. So super happy to have somebody like this from our town. And we're going to move out a little bit to some state news expand the ring and this is probably yeah. the 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 big news of the week right and this is uh this is going to take a minute to get through cuz there's lots of numbers and i have them all in front of me so we actually have it available but um part of the stimulus money that came from the federal government is uh kind of at the discretion of this state to award. And uh, Governor Scott has come out with this uh, potential plan. Uh, It still has to, because because our our state assembly is going to be appropriating the money, it still has to be approved. But in its current kind of situation, phase one will be a total of $310 million dollars. Fifty million of that is going to go to the dairy industry, mm-hmm. um, huge industry in Vermont. So they're going to get a really big chunk of money. Uh, Twenty million dollars is going to go to small businesses with less than one million in revenue per year, mm-hmm. and these are actually businesses. Um, and a couple people in this article talk about like they've fallen through the federal crack. Like there hasn't really been Very any way so. for them to to get any help other than, you know, the individual stimulus checks, which I'm sure when you're trying to float a business did not really do much at all. No, but this is a way, this is a way to address specifically those businesses in the state of Vermont, uh, that have not really gotten a lot of help in other arenas. So, so I really like to see that $42 million is going to landlords and tenants, Mm -hmm. Um, for like direct support, I'm I'm really hoping there's a lot of teeth behind this to make sure that rent um, and evictions are stopped because of this. I haven't seen the details on this particular line, but but I, I really hope to see. I really hope that that is the case. Um, and then there's going to be an additional eight million dollars in affordable housing construction and renovation, and they hope to they hope to uh, bring at least 250 Vermonters out of homelessness with this eight million dollar line item. Um, so wow. all of that all of that seems good. There's some other money in there that you know this doesn't add up to 310 million. So there's other discretionary spending in there, but these are the big. Um, kind of highlights for that phase one spending the largest buckets of it yeah phase two is going to be 90 million dollars in broadband infrastructure and that is really great to hear again there's not a lot of details on exactly what broadband infrastructure spending means right 
just that ninety billion dollars being put. Ninety million, yeah, ninety billion would be great. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> ninety million dollars <laughs> is going to be put into that bucket uh, for broadband infrastructure in the state of Vermont. So it is a good start for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really see a lot of money appropriated towards education, but it could just be that. Um, it didn't make the story specifically. Yeah. Um, that bit about broadband, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about. Mm-hmm. The best possible outcome is that we're going to invigorate the um, local ISPs like EC Fiber and other um, community unions that are, uh, you know, laying that next generation fiber infrastructure. And uh, that would be awesome. It is possible that by infusing, depending on how that money is spent, if that money is infused into the market in a way that it's prioritized to uh, other interests or, you know, they're going to, you know, really aggressively prioritized underserved areas first, that's that's great for them. But one could envision that impacting plans that are in place. And for a town that has just recently uh, been accepted into EC Fiber, I'm really hoping for option number one. Because there are only so many people in just there's only so many hands to pull fiber. There's only so many people. There's only so many trucks. So um, this is a really good thing. I'm going to watch it really closely to hope that it turns into a really great thing. Yeah. And I mean, there's always the, I'll be the pessimist. There is always the kind of doomsday scenario where this just gets spread evenly amongst all ISPs in the state. And then a big chunk of it ends up going to, to Comcast kind of where where it will absolutely disappear. Right. Um, We are not being sponsored by podcast by, by Comcast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously not. So lots of lots of stuff to unpack, and none of it is set in stone. Um, like I said, the state assembly is kind of looking at this and going through the details. Um, this is a great article if you want to look at what, um, like the uh, Senate President Pro Temp and uh, the Speaker of the House think about the bill. Um, but I haven't seen a lot of broad discrepancies with with how this money is going to be appropriated it's more making sure that the money that goes to these specific industries are are going to the right people within those right. those sectors i don't want to say industries but sectors um so yeah uh looks like some businesses and some vermonters are gonna be getting a little bit of help hopefully soon mm-hmm. um on the note of money, uh, Governor Scott has called for an 8% spending cut uh, for the uh, potential new budget. Um, and it's kind of an 8% across the board. And I think it was a 23% reduction in discretionary spending for the rest of, of this fiscal year, which is is pretty drastic. But, but uh, you know, it's it's for a month, so maybe... It's um, not as as tough as I'm thinking, but uh, one of the one of the state representatives that they talked to pointed out that this is going to be really tough to do because state employees were scheduled to get a pay increase mm-hmm. uh, this year, so they're not sure 
how um how that will be affected so something to keep your eye on if you um you know if if you think all employees deserve deserve to get paid a fair wage so this is the uh i think we're firmly in chapter two now i think that Mm -hmm. this this these discussions these budgetary realities that are coming due i think firmly marks us in the second chapter where we have left the initial impact zone of the coronavirus crisis and we're we're in for the long haul now Um, right and and these are these these are the important discussions that are going to have to happen because yeah you know (laughs) the economy kind of (laughs) cratered yeah while we've been home and um and it's hard uh i i hope we can find a path forward that doesn't involve uh you know cutting people's wages <laughs> who yeah who've earned it so and also you know it's um something to think about with um the already difficult trajectory of the public college system in the state of Vermont right um you know 8% is also being asked to be cut from the education budget so um unclear as to what yeah. that will mean we but shall see we shall see. But it's also, you know, <laughs> uh, there's a huge decrease in tax revenue. So something something's going to have to give. And hopefully they put a lot of thought behind what ends up giving. <coughs> um, so that was a bit of a downer. Here's a, a little bit of uh, better news for Vermont is allowing restaurants to open it open for limited outdoor dining this Friday. So tomorrow, if you're listening to this when it comes out uh, on Facebook, if you're watching right now, mm-hmm. um, and if we release this on Friday, then today, and yep. if we release it on a day after that, the twenty second. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're listening to this far in the future, you know exactly what happened. And this hopefully, moment it was all really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is. Uh, there is going to be a lot of restrictions placed on how a restaurant can open. So it has to be outdoor seating or takeout. There has to be. Um, lots of space between tables. So you may see restaurants open with one or two tables and Mm -hmm. everything else is takeout. Um, A lot of towns, Windsor included, is looking at ways to maybe provide additional space for Mm -hmm. restaurants to open. And if they can't have restaurants directly opening with their own seating, providing more picnic tables or park benches so that they can get takeout and still kind of eat um, without driving all the way home. Right. Or being, or being, you know, uh, in, in too close a space. There's some mm-hmm. really fascinating ideas coming together with that one. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll stick, we'll stay on that story for sure. And it's one of those ideas where it's like, oh yeah, we'll just put up some tables. That's fine. Like, oh, well that's going to block the street or have people come too close. So we're going to have to stop this traffic pattern and oh man, there's the potential for littering. So we need to make sure we're having enough uh, right. trash and, and um, there's a bunch of logistics recycling. That go into yeah. That. yeah. So, uh, you know, there is a lot of planning and it might be something that's not necessarily ready for Friday for tomorrow for the 21st even. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but there are some really interesting ideas that are coming out specifically for Windsor and other towns as well. And it could be something that even outlives um, this, this uh, social distancing order. It could be something that is, is really interesting. Right. Um, this is the, the, the formation of, of you know, um, how do we use what we have and create an environment where the businesses we do have can uh, do well, given the restrictions that we have? How do mm-hmm. we make space for people to be in their community and, and you know, right. be in their town and, you know, be be in a, 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 a good space and maybe a space that you even want to hang out in and, uh, you know, buy some food or a beer or what have you. Right. Um, and how do we do that all safely? And uh, mm-hmm. around those ideas, we have uh, we we have the space to do it. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also important to note that this is, for the most part, something that a restaurant is pretty unlikely to be able to do on their own without some kind of town support. Right. Um, you know, if you think about where most of our restaurants are located maybe to have the ability to have a couple seats outside without blocking off the sidewalk completely. Um, and you know, the town, the town's going to have to step in and, and do some things, but I, I think this is a great opportunity for us to really try some interesting things so that once things do go back to normal, cause they will eventually go back to normal, uh, in some form of that, um, we might have some great placemaking that has come up because of this. Right, right. Stay tuned for this one. Right. All right. So let's move on to our last statewide story. Um, so the Secretary of State and the governor are in a bit of a disagreement as to whether or not voting by mail should be uh, compulsory for this upcoming election cycle. That means that every voter in the state of Vermont would receive a ballot without having to ask for a, an absentee ballot, mm-hmm. right? I believe that there is no plans officially to have this be the only method in which to vote, but it would be rather than something you have to request, just something that's automatically sent to you. Right. Right. I think this is the way that we should be doing it. I think it's the way we should be doing it federally. I think it's the way we should be doing it going forward. There's lots of other countries that do it. Um, I know that there's probably going to be a question in the chat or a question in the comments talking about voter suppression and voter fraud. I would point to countries that do this already, like Australia and um, Ireland and Japan, and there are no widespread voter fraud cases in those countries, except we did find one where there was um, an online an online kind of poll as to Australia's best bird. And there was widespread fraud in that, that specific election. Um, And the only reason I say that is to not downplay how important this voting by mail initiative is. 
it is to downplay how not prevalent voting fraud is, right? Mm -hmm. We, I looked into this for a little bit and I found that story. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you can count the number of, uh, of incidents, um, per year, uh, on your hands in the last decade. And if you go back 20 years, you might have to take your shoes off, but you're, uh, it's, it's, it's a trivial, um, trivial, uh, impact. There's nothing, nothing <clears throat> statistically significant. I will say that, you know, there are a lot of logistics that need to be worked out, which is why I think Jim Condos, the, uh, yeah. secretary of state is, is saying we should get on this now. And, Absolutely. um, and you don't want to be in a situation where you're, you know, rushing, you, you do want to you know mm-hmm. take it seriously. So, um, it's interesting. I kind of think that it would be a pretty big, uh, pretty big increase in participation if we made it sure. that much easier to, uh, participate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I have this sense. <laughs> um, and I think that's a good, th- I think we're going to come down on the side of that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it is. I mean, you, the whole people idea, have the right, right to vote. They should, it should be as easy as possible for them to do so. Um, and you're absolutely right. Like there are lots of logistical concerns with the timeliness of this. I think part of the change that needs to occur is our impatience at results mm-hmm. from an election. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to be okay with not knowing the result of an election five seconds after the polls close. I think that we need to have a robust counting system in place due to a flood of ballots that are potentially coming in. Mm -hmm. And I think they need to have a plan in place for how to handle this, whether it's going to be um, mail-in, drop-off, something to that effect. What is the actual cutoff for votes to be counted? There's a lot of thought to put into it. And that is exactly why condos wants this to start happening now. Right, 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 right. But it's a matter of scale too. I mean, Vermont, you know, we are, we are great in stature, but we are, uh, there's only so many of us in the Hills. And so I think that mm-hmm. we have a good chance of, um, of getting it right because the scale is right to uh, pull it off in the amount of time we have. Sure. Absolutely. So, so thus ends our look at statewide news. It's been a we're going to come busy week, my friends. It has yeah, been a busy week in the state of Vermont and in the town. We're of already way over time. We're getting to like evening edition type stuff. Well, that's, but I st- that's okay though because this this evening edition is going to be a little bit different in order to yeah. uh, facilitate some some. Uh, some other things that need to happen uh, behind the scenes this evening. What we're going to do for the evening edition is rebroadcast a uh, a talk that is happening at the uh, Windsor. Well, it's not it's not happening at the Windsor Library. It's being uh, put on by the Windsor Library, but it's a Zoom meeting uh, with uh, a woman named Martha Hennessy, uh, and uh, she's going to be talking about her. Uh, her past as a nun and an activist and all of the super badass stuff that she's done. <laughs> so that story, we're just going to restream and, and play that during the normal uh, lunch stream. You can tune in and see, uh, see what that's about. Cause I think that's super duper cool. And then we'll have a regular episode released on uh, Monday 
on the uh, 25th for your pleasure as well. So, but tonight it will be a re-streaming of the Martha Hennessy talk put on by the Windsor Library. Yeah, I have one more thing to share from my screen. So I'm going to do so. And look at that. That is the official Science Night website, scinight.com. We got the .com. The site is live. And if you look here, magnificent, you'll see there is a thing underneath latest episodes. Episode zero of the Science Night podcast is available for your consumption. And you can find it anywhere that podcasts are given away for free. Um, if, try, if somebody's trying to sell you the episode of Science Night, do not pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> I am gearing up, man. I'm really excited for, for the Science Night yeah, show. I'm very excited for what you've been working on. Also, I guess we're going to drop it here. The first episode is going to be available on June 5th. So Friday, June 5th, Ooh, the first episode of Science Night will be out. Exclusive. Exclusive. Right. Information. Inside scoop. Very cool. And we're only 14 minutes over, but we have officially got through the dock. That's it. That's it. Last but not least, I'm going to give you just a couple little of a lunch stream specific nougats. I, we, all of us, we're looking for help, my friends. In mm-hmm. order to continue to do this show, it needs to grow and become a uh, cast a wider net. We want to make sure that we're not leaving any details out and that we can evolve this into be a really reliable source of news and information about our community. And so I'm asking you, if you're interested in helping out with this show, please uh, reach out to us, get a hold of us. The uh, we're looking for people who would be willing to help us keep track of and curate the flow and feed of information so that we can, you know, make sure we're catching all of those things that happen in our community. We're also looking for people who would be interested in hosting, getting up here on camera, talking into the microphone, smiling at the folks at home (laughs) and uh, people who might be interested in uh, just part you know uh uh any any part of it along the way so we we want to get a team assembled who can kind of take this and run with it with all of the support mm-hmm. and uh uh Windsor on Air is on board with this and it's going to go in it's going to go in a really really cool direction so if that's right. you uh please reach out to us or if you have any other thing you'd like to uh tell us about talk about have us cover what have you you can email me at cgoulet at windsorvt.org. You can reach me at jreed, J-R-E-E-D, at windsorvt.org. You can also go up to www.windsorlive.net slash contact and fill out the form. That'll shoot the email right to us. We will uh, get it and respond right away. Or if you just want to hear the sultry tones of our voice on all sorts of community-based ideas, actions, topics, news items, uh, ruminations, pontifications, and anything else that we may throw down, you can do so at windsorlive.net slash subscribe to find all of the places you can get the show or on any, literally any podcatching application that you can find. Thank you for tuning in to Windsor Live. Thanks for being here, James. Thank you for having me. And we will catch you all next week. Take care, Windsor. Have a good day.
screen sharing. No, I haven't. <laughs> I would never do such a thing. Why would anybody do that? I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> I don't even know how to do that. So uh, we'll figure that out. Just a sec. It's okay. It's live. We can, we can, we can edit this part out. Again, you know? the edited podcast is available anywhere where you get podcasts. <laughs> Here. I just make you the host. There you go. I am now the host. So now you can you can figure out. How to share your okay. <laughs> and Ta-da. we are sharing. There we go. So. <laughs>